Thanks for joining Impact Boom. On this episode... The thing now what we need to do is get better at fracturing yes. the right transactions, listening very deeply to the needs of community and the, the enterprise sector, and then hopefully share those learnings with other impact investors. So again, we can demystify a little bit of how risky and difficult impact investing is. Welcome to impactboom.org. We search the globe to find the people, stories, ideas, and inspiration to help you create maximum positive impact. Each week, Impact Boom brings you thought-provoking interviews with world-leading practitioners passionate about creating positive social change. These designers, social entrepreneurs, educators, innovators, thinkers, and doers share their projects, initiatives, thoughts, and insights on creating a better world. You can find all the stories, links, and other great content at impactboom.org. Follow us on Facebook or Twitter for the latest updates, or subscribe to the newsletter or on iTunes. Thanks for listening to episode 447 of Impact Boom. My name's Tom Allen, and I'm passionate about bringing you the latest interviews and insights to help you create positive social impact. Today, we're speaking with Hannah Ebling. Hannah Ebling is the CEO at CIFA, working with purpose-driven organizations on capital solutions and capability support to suit their needs, and helping these organizations build organizational resilience and access finance from a range of impact investors. From traditional banking with HSBC to venture philanthropy in the Philippines, Hannah brings a global practice lens to CIFA. Her passions include blended finance in partnership with foundations, community-led enterprises, and groundbreaking housing models. She's on the board of disability service provider Woodville Alliance and social enterprise Vanguard Laundry, and as a member of government and sector reference groups, contributes to improving collaboration between government, the private sector, and philanthropy. So in today's podcast, we'll discuss Hannah's insights and lessons learned from helping start, grow, and support social enterprises all around Australia. And Hannah, it's been a long time coming. It's an absolute pleasure to have you here. Thanks so much for joining us. Thanks so much, Tom. Really excited to be here. So Hannah, let's kick things off with a little bit about your background and what it was that led to this passion of yours in supporting social enterprises. It's actually been an interesting journey. I studied economics at uni and initially always had insight to make the world a better place already when I was young. Yeah, right. But then I got sidetracked and actually moved into sort of more the corporate tool set with HSBC. And maybe at that point, I actually didn't know what the for-purpose sector was all about. Obviously, at that point, it was very nascent. The idea of working for a large multinational development organization probably felt a little bit too red tape. Yeah. For me, it was very sort of entrepreneurial and hands-on. Whilst I was working at HSBC, sometimes you've got these light bulb moments when I actually came across JP Morgan's very classical report, Impact Investing and Emerging Asset Class. Yes. And I just said, oh, this is perfect. Um, I like numbers, but I've also got a social heart for good. And from there, my journey started that I decided to you know, quit the more corporate world and moved into impact investing in the Philippines. And then I came to Australia about 10 years ago and joined CIFA pretty much from the start. Yeah, and it's just recently that you've had the anniversary, literally this week, wasn't it, Hannah? Oh, yeah, absolutely exciting. So we actually had a joint 20th birthday party. So 12 years of CIFA and eight years of CIFA partnerships which is the sister organization, a charity that works alongside us. And I think it's just a great testament to see that the original initiative of CIFA, the CEDIF program, 
social enterprise development investment funds is still going strong after all those 20 years. And plus, it was good to actually have an in-person event after the whole COVID meant that we actually missed our 10-year anniversary. Absolutely. And look, congratulations again, because there's been a lot of great work happening with both of those organizations. And you've obviously been involved with them for a long time. So tell us a little bit more then about the work that you're doing at CIFRA and how it is that you're supporting organizations and purpose-driven business leaders. When we started 12 years ago, as part of the CEDIF program, we were primarily offering one pillar of work, which is the capital. So we are providing alternative finance mechanisms, very innovative solutions for a range of for-purpose organizations. Loans between 200,000 and 2 million, really effectively trying to bridge the capital need between philanthropy and mainstream banks. Yeah. So that's our origin. But it has been interesting because like many for-purpose organizations, we actually had to work on our own business model. And a lot of the learnings from the early years in terms of just lending on its own, that capital pillar will not bring us to sustainability Mm. as a social enterprise ourselves. So that was the first reason. But most importantly, the second one around more the impact narrative, we did a lot of effectively adjacent capability building and investment readiness support as part of our due diligence and getting those capture solutions off the ground. And it was actually a lost opportunity that at that point we were only able to work with organizations who wanted to access our type of capital. Mm. So when I became CEO about four years ago, with the support of a refreshed board and strategy, we decided to build a second pillar within CIFA, which is our entire capability building team, the engagement team. So we are now offering a range of capability building support around broader organizational resilience, ranging from impact measurement, governance, partnerships, commercial acumen, all the way into that sort of more capital appetite around investment readiness. And effectively, if you wanted to sum it up, CIFA is the one-stop shop for purpose-driven organizations. So we consider capital plus capability to be the sum, the capacity for purpose-driven organizations to unlock more social impact. Yeah, it's, it's fantastic. It's just really good to have you part of what has been a really growing business for good movement here, particularly in Australia, and having such a strong contribution from CIFA helping really drive that momentum, Hannah. So when it comes to helping finance social enterprises then, you've spoken a little bit about this, but where do you see key opportunities and gaps then to better support organisations who are seeking this sort of assistance? We've also been always very vocal about we didn't necessarily get it right at the beginning with our capital offering. And so we've continued to evolve and hopefully make it more fit for purpose. And actually, most importantly, being more demand-led. A lot of impact investors are more putting the supply that they've got available into the market, but it doesn't necessarily meet the needs of social enterprises. Like Mm -hmm. you said, we are key opportunities. So we initially started lending out a lot of property-backed loans, more traditional mainstream lending activities. But in the last four years, I can proudly say that almost half of our book is no longer Mm property-backed. So we've really gotten into the sphere of working capital where organizations can access funding to deliver on contracted revenue, whether that's through social procurement or other business model. But the latest trend that we've seen over the last two years is even earlier stage, what we have coined growth capital. 
And so we've actually just recently have had the board approve a $2 million allocation from our balance sheet to actually land into these earlier stage opportunities, which might be, you know, just before sort of that sustainable break-even point. Mm. So we've really seen the need to help organizations invest to stabilize, improve their business. And I think CIFA is really well-placed to play in that space. The thing now what we need to do is get better at structuring the right transactions listening very deeply to the needs of community and the the enterprise sector, and then hopefully share those learnings with other impact investors. So again, we can demystify a little bit of how risky and difficult impact investing is. Yeah, yeah, that's really interesting to hear. And you spoke a little bit about these earlier stage uh, enterprises. So what advice then would you be giving to earlier stage purpose-driven founders who are on a mission to create impact? Because that finance and sort of stability piece is something you've just spoken to. What is that sort of broader advice that you'd be giving these founders? Almost, I would put it under the umbrella sort of to hasten slowly and surround yourself with a couple of really strategically aligned partners, ideally also partners from philanthropy. Look at where you've got alignment with government. Start having conversations early with impact investors. So I think what's really critical for you as a business is sort of almost outline Mm. A pathway of different stages, again, not rushing into things or saying the sole measure of success is for me to take on repayable impact investment capital. We've seen a lot of success with organizations actually investing into this notion of stabilizing. And I know it doesn't sound as exciting as growth, acceleration, etc., but it really means putting your house in order in terms of what's your impact strategy, what's the reason you are there. Do you have good, solid governance? Do you have the right business processes and data to make informed decisions? So once you've got those foundations, you can set your eyes onto the next milestone across that roadmap. Mm. And I think having capability sort of progress in terms of different things that you need to solidly put into place, you can then again overlay that with capital. So we're seeing capital and capability talk to each other, sometimes in parallel, Sometimes sequential as each social enterprise or purpose-driven organization moves along the individual pathways. Most importantly, you need to take the time to actually speak with funders in advance and maintain those key partnerships. So especially when it comes to funding, relationships and being prepared and working to timelines of partners, whether that's philanthropy or impact investors, is really important. So start having earlier conversations and have a good plan with a little bit of flexibility as well because there's always Mm. something surprising happening along the journey. Yeah, there's some great tips there, Hannah. So thanks for sharing those. And if we're looking towards this broader business for good movement, you've just mentioned now as well the social enterprise or purpose-driven organisations. And at least my observation would be that there's a range of different certifications, there's a range of different silos operating in this business for good space and there's a range of different languages as well so it feels like there's an opportunity for us to really um, defragment if that's a word this space and and ultimately take us in in a faster direction towards this business for good as being business as normal so where do you see key opportunities then to grow this movement and what do you think we need to do to take it mainstream 
oh, really good question. This whole notion of the ecosystem that obviously, you know, based on my person who has really developed in the last 10 years. And yeah. I think at the moment, we are really coming to the nexus of using that common language that you've referred to. So there's been, for example, some work around agreeing on those developmental stages of social enterprise. Yes. What are certain indicators for each of these developmental stages? What are the, for example, capability building needs that we see more often in the earlier stage or stand up? What are the capital needs and what is the type of capital from different funding sources that is appropriate? Sort of as an enterprise moves from ideation, startup, stand up, all the way to being really sustainable, off to a growing start. And CIFA together, which I think really strengthened peak bodies, so SECNA, QSEC, and now also Social Enterprise Australia, it feels like we are interacting more. We are really doing a lot of work around common language. Mm. We've now also reinvigorated our partnership with social traders of this certification around tapping into social procurement and then our ability to support with investment readiness and capital to be able to actually deliver those contracts. Yes. So I feel a lot of that sort of, Supporting infrastructure from a practitioner lens has really grown, representing the demand from business for good. And also it feels that government is listening to that practitioner side because we've organized ourselves a little bit better. And then I think it's also interesting to see certain funders, especially on the foundation philanthropy side, come together around the WISE, the Reason Work Integrated Social Enterprise Grants Program that was a collaboration of a couple of big foundations and then also Figgy, um, the Foundations Group for Impact Investing. Yes. So it feels like we are becoming basically a little bit more organized opposed to being too fragmented. Yeah, yeah, which is really exciting to see and absolutely agree that this momentum is only growing now and so it just feels like we need to create this movement even faster than we are right now. You know, we need to do it yesterday given all of these big challenges that we have with the climate and everything else that's happening in the world right now. We will no doubt keep working together, Hannah. Let's talk about a few different projects or initiatives, though, that you find really inspiring, that you've come across or worked with, which are creating some really great positive social change. Good question. And I have to say, I'm always passionate about so many clients. Obviously, you know, I have come across many clients, some that really stand out. One client that has really made an impression on CIFA and we've been working with them now for almost two years is Covidence. Mm. It's actually interesting as a charity that uses a software as a service platform, so actually quite sort of a tech-based, almost venture approach to solving the issue around having the right type of current information that is credible, available at the right time for the right stakeholders to make informed decisions. So they are operating a software that goes through the sheer amount of ever-increasing data information when it comes to really good, solid, systematic academic reviews around not only healthcare, but also social science. You mentioned climate change. And so distilling a lot of effectively the best practices and very rigorous outcomes out of studies, etc., to then make that available for evidence-based decision-making around public health guidelines, but also, you know, government and maybe also other businesses and, you know, journalists, etc., to really just, you know, you mentioned previously business for good. It's effectively information for good. Mm. And we've seen similar initiatives around social enterprises really harnessing technology to be able to scale. And Covidence is doing that in a raw, applicable way. But when I already earlier referred to increased demand around growth capital, we are just seeing so many more venture type of exciting initiatives spring up. 
whether it's around mental health, again, using a platform. It's great to see the for-purpose sector really, truly embraces this, um, you know, technology for good movement as well. Yeah, yeah, fantastic to hear. Really good example there. And for the listeners, we'll put a link through to that enterprise in Hannah's feature article. So if you jump on through to impactboom.org and find Hannah's article, then you will find a list of these different organizations that we've been talking about today in her article. Hannah, to finish off then, what books or resources would you recommend to the listeners? Well, it's interesting. I mean, books, what I've found actually most insightful over the years is I've got a couple of my favorite articles. Like I mentioned, those light bulb moments. And one of my all-time favorites is What's Your Endgame? Mm. It's a football organization which was featured in the Stanford Social Innovation Review. And then actually just recently this week, we came across lessons from an Impact First investor, Tony Arf, out of the UK. You've had 10 lessons that they wanted to share over the last 10 years. Yeah, right. And it reminds me a little bit of the impact myth that we busted earlier this year. As well as an article, the zebras rather than the unicorns yes. in the space. Yep. So I really encourage listeners to subscribe, not only to Impact Room, certainly, but other sources like Pioneer's Post, um, Impact Alpha. And I find there's always some really great thought leadership in some truth-telling that I would call like bulk nuggets. Yeah. And I think that really adds to uplifts and builds that shared knowledge and certainly brings also a lot of ideas back into Australia. Yeah, yeah, excellent insights and resources there for the audience to discover. So thank you for sharing those, Hannah. And Hannah, thank you for being so generous with your insights and time today. It's been an absolute pleasure to speak. We'll really look forward to following you on your journey and the work that CIFA does as well and finding further ways to come together and collaborate into the future. Oh, well, thanks so much, Tom. I look forward to the next joint 20 years across CIFA and CIFA partnerships. Wonderful. Catch you soon, Hannah. Thanks. Thanks for listening to Impact Boom. You'll find links to the initiatives, people and resources mentioned in this podcast on impactboom.org. Please leave your comments below and remember, we'll be publishing fresh inspiration and insights to help you create positive impact every week on the website, Facebook page and Twitter.